Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to JPD Weekly. So this is part three in a very loose series that we're doing on the Essenes, the Qumran community, Dead Sea Scrolls, prophecy, uh, the, the the roots of the Christian faith, and especially in light of end times prophecy that I believe that we're living in. Now I say loose series because you don't have to have watched the other episodes to understand this episode. Um, I usually don't like doing series because of exactly that. You know, anytime I see part two or part three of something, I won't watch it uh, because I think that I have to dedicate time to watch the first part in the entire series all together. You don't have to do that with this series. So um, if you're joining us for the first time, that's totally fine. Just keep watching. You're going to learn some interesting things. But if you do want the whole series, you can get the entire thing at dailyrenegade.com. Uh, and it's it's a subscription service. It's sort of like the Netflix of fringe Christianity, you know, of things uh, that are truly Christian, truly biblical, but you don't t- typically hear in a lot of churches today because, let's face it, a lot of churches are uh, more worried about donations and congregation size than they are uh, true biblical teaching. So we don't shy away from those things. We, uh, But we also maintain that we stay doctrinal, stay theologically correct uh, to make sure that we're not going so far in left field that we're treating that we're teaching you untruths. We don't want to do that. We don't want to sensationalize. We just want the truths that the Bible has to offer. Uh, so this series, we are dealing with uh, the conditions that led to the New Testament. Uh, what, what happened between the, the Testaments, the old and new, to create the situation where you have Pharisees and Sadducees and Israel is all different, that Rome is there. But also, what about this mysterious group called the Essenes, uh, who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, or who at least kept the Dead Sea Scrolls. Who are the sons of Zadok? And did they actually have prophecies for our day today? We maintain that, yes, they did. And there's some very important things uh, that we can learn from their writings. So we are getting into all that in this five-part series. This is part three. Uh, but uh, again, you can get the whole thing um, at dailyrenegade.com, not just the uh, free first half previews that you see here on YouTube, but you'll get the whole thing. And we do that because YouTube deletes our videos uh, frequently. They've even deleted an entire channel, eight years of hard work gone. Uh, so we had to develop something where we could back up our work, but also give you access uh, to everything we have available without us having to be worried about you know what we say. Uh, because on YouTube, the, the rules are getting so crazy. Nobody can predict them. Nobody knows what videos are going to get deleted and what aren't. Uh, you can just mention Israel and get a, a video deleted these days. So we want the freedom to be able to say whatever we want so we can teach you guys truth and we don't have to have the shackles of social media uh, around our wrists. So we do that at dailyrenegade.com. Again, there is a free seven-day trial that you can get right now. Uh, so no obligation. Try it out before you get 
it. If you do like it after your seven days are up, then you can get, you can pay month by month if you want. It's only $10 a month. Or uh, the better deal is to do $100 a year because then you get two months for free. And you just pay for it once. You don't have to think about it again. So all of that at dailyrenegade.com. You will also find uh, some excellent resources there available to you. There's a free episode of the Sharpening Report that has to do with how we as Christians uh, can, es- can escape. We can get away from this beast financial system that runs the world. We actually don't have to have any part in that. We don't have to do global banking. We don't have to be involved in uh, any of the globalism or any of the financial systems that the world has to provide. We as Christians have built our own thing. There is a Christian company and they are Christian first. They are very much part of this family. Uh, They are Christian first above all else uh, called Cornerstone that um, will show you how you can invest your your assets into uh, silver and precious metals and things. So if if you want more information on that, Head on over to dailyrenegade.com. That is available to everybody. It's not only members. Uh, If you're not a member, you can have access to that as well. There's links in the description below if you want more information on that. But I believe in this so much that uh, everybody has access to it. And um, it's just, it's a very good thing. So uh, go check that out. It's, it's, we as Christians have built something for ourselves so we don't have to take part in the satanic uh, financial system that exists in our world today. Okay. So, uh, where we left off, we talked about, um, we talked about the conditions that led to the split, uh, between, uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, and, uh, the sons of Zadok or the priestly line of Zad- Zadok or the Zadokites or, or the, the Essenes. You know, we talked about how most likely the situation between the Qumran community and Essenes is sort of like that of, of the Catholic Church, not in theology, but just in structure, how uh, with the Catholic Church, you have the Vatican, you have the leadership at the Vatican, but then you have Catholics dispersed all around the world that follow the leadership of the Vatican. Uh, It's sort of like, I I believe it's sort of like that with the Essenes and the Qumran community. Now, again, that's not in theology. Theology is totally different. Um, Qumran community theology, you know, Dead Sea Scroll theology is more like Christianity than anything else. uh, but it just more in structure of the leadership. So you have um, the, the the priests in the Qumran community that would uh, teach the doctrines of the Dead Sea Scrolls and then uh, Essenes throughout Israel, you know, just general uh, population Jews that followed that line of theology. Uh, those would be called the Essenes, and they followed the the Qumran community. We we think that's how it was set up. That that seems to be what makes the most sense. So where we left off last time, we were talking about some of the things uh, that originally caused the group that would become the Qumran community to break off from uh, the 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 uh, the original Jews. You know, the the original group, the original nation, the original uh, body of of believers in. Israel. So there were divisions, you know, Pharisees broke off and then you had a large group, that larger group split off between uh, Sadducees and then what would become the Qumran community for various reasons. We looked at some of those reasons uh, before in the previous two episodes. We're going to look at some more today. And all of this leads to the creation of the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, the library at Qumran, and how some of those actually include prophetic texts that's not included in our Bible, but the 
the Essenes were known for having extremely accurate prophecy. So they were right about all of the things that they predicted about the first coming of Christ. So wouldn't it make sense that they would be correct in the things that they predict uh, concerning the second coming of Christ. So uh, that kind of is a brief review of what we've already talked about. So where we're going to pick up uh, today is where we, we left off before on how what, what are some of the reasons that caused this group to split off and go to Qumran. Uh, so we already talked about some of the doctrinal issues um, uh, and we talked about how they used the different calendar, uh, the 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 would-be Qumran community wanted to stick with the original solar calendar because that, that was how they knew when to do all their rituals and when to uh, do all their sacrifices and festivals and all of that stuff, whereas the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees in Israel, the, the, the leadership, wanted to um, side with the pagans and use a lunar calendar. And we even saw how that led to there being over 300 high priests during that time because they all kept dying because they were doing the rituals on the wrong days. Uh, and that that is expressly forbidden in the Bible. You know, there, there were priests that lost their lives if they didn't do things on exactly the right day where God commanded so uh, that's kind of where we left off, but there were other things. It wasn't just the calendar, and we will get more into the calendar in a future episode. We'll get more into that probably next time. Um, but it wasn't just that. There was also uh, acceptance of something called the Oral Torah uh, and uh, with the Pharisees, and then the Testament of the Patriarchs for the uh, Zadokites. Uh, and we again, we talked about how Zadokites, sons of Zadok, Qumran community, that those are all kind of uh, talking about the same thing. Those are all terms for the the spiritual kind of leadership of that doctrine of, of that theology. Whereas the scenes are are spread around all over Israel, and every anybody that follows that are a scenes, just like just like the Vatican, the the leadership of the Catholic faith at the Vatican. You know, they're Catholic technically; they are Catholics. But you would call them, you know, Vatican leadership or priests. You know, you'd have a different name uh, for them, whereas just the general Catholics, you would just call Catholics. So it's sort of the same thing. You know, another way to say it, all priests in the Essene theology would be Essenes, but not all Essenes would be priests or Zadokites. You know, so that might be another, that might be a, a better way to look at it. <laughs> so hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, you can go back and watch the other uh, two episodes. We got more into depth about that. Okay. Let's pick up right where we left off. So along with their uh, refusal to accept the lunar calendar and the oral Torah as authoritative and on a higher level than just a simple commentary, um, the soon-to-be Qumran community claimed to have in their possession uh, the Testaments of the Patriarchs, which was said to be the last will and testaments of every patriarch from Adam to Aaron. And fragments of those have actually been discovered among the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, generally speaking, the Qumran community would say that the oral Torah is completely fabricated. Uh, and the oral Torah, again, it was, it was this... It was this collection that the Pharisees said uh, that interpreted the Torah, but they never wrote it down. They actually didn't write it down until after the destruction in 70 AD of the temple, and then that became the Talmud. Um, so this, this was like the, the, the pre-written Talmud, 
and uh, the the Qumran community, the the Zadokites, completely rejected that. They they said that the Oral Torah was completely made up; it was fabricated. Now the Pharisees would have said that the testaments of the patriarchs used um, that they used to exist but that they were lost throughout time and the documents that the Qumran community claimed were the testaments were actually fabricated. So there's this kind of dichotomy between these two claims. And we see this back and forth detailed in the Talmud and in the Dead Sea Scrolls both. Uh, but of course, they each have their own leanings. Now, much how we Christians today will use the New Testament to help us make sense out of some things in the Old Testament. Those who believed in oral Torah would use that to help interpret the books of the Old Testament or the Torah, while those who sided with the Qumran community would have used the Testaments of the Patriarchs. Now, it's important to note as well that while the Pharisees would have elevated oral Torah to the level of Scripture— the Qumran community apparently did not believe that the testaments of the patriarchs or any of the other Dead Sea Scrolls should be added to what was already recognized as canon. You know, today what we would call the Old Testament, they didn't call it that, but they did have, you know, a, a canon. They did have a set of books that was that was the canon, and then they had other extra things. Um, so this was a large part of the issue. If the Pharisees had considered the oral Torah as just commentary, it probably wouldn't have been as much of an issue for what would be the Qumran community because the Dead Sea Scrolls are full of commentaries on Old Testament books and passages. However, since the Pharisees elevated the oral Torah to such a degree that it was required to be followed in the same way as the Torah itself, that created an eventual split between the Pharisees and the group that would become the Qumran community. Now, after weighing out both sides of that conundrum today, you know, we would only have to ask ourselves, one would only have to ask himself, who would I believe? Now, if you're interested in my personal opinion, uh, for me personally, it seems too convenient that the Pharisees would have always kept this oral Torah thing from the time of Moses, but never wrote it down until after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, especially when first mention of it comes at a really convenient time in history for the Pharisees. It just seems too convenient at that time in history where they would say, oh, well, actually, it turns out we have this oral Torah thing and we've always had it, but we have it. And so now you all have to listen to what we say and do what we say, and you have to follow what we say just as much as you would follow the Torah itself. It just seems too convenient that right while they were trying to get power uh, over the rest of the population, all of a sudden they have this oral Torah thing. That, that, that seems a little too coincidental, a little too convenient for me. It also seems uh, too convenient that those who originally kept uh, and wrote and kept the Dead Sea Scrolls or their descendants would have somehow lost all of the testaments of the patriarchs. Because again, that's what the Pharisees claimed. They claimed that uh, they lost the testaments of the patriarchs and what the what what the Qumran community had uh, and, and what we're calling Testaments of the Patriarchs were made up. That seems too convenient to me. Um, you know, I mean, think about it. The Testaments of the Patriarchs would have been regarded as incredibly important. I mean, again, these would have contained the writings of Adam himself. So when it's obvious, it's also obvious that they knew how to keep copies of documents for extended periods of time. I mean, it's literally what they are known for in our modern day because we have access to the Dead Sea Scrolls because they were so good at this. So it seems, it seems unlikely that if they actually lost them, 
for one thing, it seems like that the, it seems unlikely that they lost them at all. You know, I mean, this this wasn't just some random letter from some, you know, from your grandpa or something that you might put in a shoebox and forget about uh, after a couple of years. I mean, th- th- this was like literally the the will last will and testaments of the first human beings, you know, on earth and and their descendants uh, leading up to Moses. This would have been so important to them. How on earth could they uh, have lost it when clearly they were not careless about their ancient documents? They kept extremely good care of them. Uh, they took very good care of them. So it seems unlikely that they lost them at all. But even if they did lose them, even if they actually lost the Testaments of the Patriarchs, it seems it also seems unlikely that they would have completely invented new ones and then passed them off as originals, you know, lied like that. Uh, especially when honor, honesty, and abstaining from wickedness was so important throughout their community. It, it seems unlikely that they would have lied about that. So from the way that I, and especially because there would be nothing to gain, you know, but from, from, from the way that I personally understand it, the Qumran community did not have an incentive to lie, but the Pharisees certainly did. Now, added on to this uh, is the reputation of the Essenes throughout the ancient writings that we already looked at. Uh, earlier in previous uh, episodes that, you know, these are coming from historians that were not Essene themselves. uh, And they were saying that the Essenes were were regarded, I mean, they had this very high opinion of them. They they were, they had an excellent reputation. Uh, So the reputation of the Essenes throughout the ancient writings that we looked at earlier compared against the reputation of the Pharisees uh, throughout the Gospels. You know, the Pharisees don't have as as high of a, uh, reputation as the Essenes did. So, of course, that does not mean that every Pharisee was pure evil and every member of the Qumran community was ben- benevolent beyond reproach, uh, nor does it mean that we can say any of this for absolute sure, as we are half a world and 2,000 years removed from this location and time period in human history. But, based on the evidence that we have available to us today, Personally, I feel comfortable in my own educated guess that most likely the Qumran community were being forthright and honest, and the Pharisees were being completely dishonest. However, again, this is a situation where everyone should look at the available evidence for themselves and come to their own conclusions. It's part of why I'm writing a book on this topic, and again, hopefully that'll be available later this year. Um, Now, this leads to how Rome actually came to rule Israel. Uh, this leads us to the under, to, to, to understanding the conditions of Israel when we arrive at the New Testament, specifically with the reason for Rome's occupation. So, after the Jewish queen, uh, Salome Alexandra, died in 67 BC, her sons, uh, Hyrcanus II, who Salome Alexandra installed as high priest, and Aristobulus, Aristo, Aristobulus, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but uh, so those two sons um, started a civil war, uh, which greatly devastated Judea. So by 63 BC, there had been constant strife within Israel between the Pharisees who sided with uh, Hyrcanus and the Sadducees who sided with uh, Aristobulus. 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 I I don't know. It's it's a hard name to say. Now, during Passover of that year, uh, 63 BC, uh, Hyrcanus had the Sadducees at the temple attacked. 
he had them attacked, causing Aristobulus to uh, reach out to a representative of Roman general uh, Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, or Pompey, General Pompey. Now, uh, at first, Aristobulus <laughs> was able to gain favor with Pompey, but eventually Pompey sided with Hyrcanus and had Aristobulus arrested. And I think that's the last we'll have to try to pronounce that name. So I think he's out of the picture now. Uh, okay, so good. He was arrested. Now, the Pharisees allowed Pompey to come into Jerusalem. However, the Sadducees were still occupying the temple. So Pompey attacked and was able to take control of the temple. Uh, Pompey returned to Rome as the most influential politician of his age, uh, and large parts of Israel were annexed uh, by the Romans. So Judea and Galilee became a client kingdom of Rome at that time because of all that. Now, in 49 BC, civil war broke out in the Roman Empire, and Julius Caesar defeated Pompey, Hyrcanus, and an individual named uh, Antipater, uh, cooperated with Caesar, and uh, Antipater appointed his son Herod, which should be a familiar name, uh, appointed his son Herod as governor of Galilee. Now, in 43 BC, uh, the nephew of Hyrcanus tried to take the throne, but Herod defeated him and married uh, Hyrcanus's daughter, which put him in line for the throne. Now, by the time Herod became king of Judea, uh, the Jews of all belief systems, so Pharisees, Sadducees, and Essenes, came to hate him. They, they hated this guy. They, they despised his transgressions of the Mosaic law, uh, his Greek style of his various building projects throughout Israel, and the fact that he was clearly a Roman king uh, rather than a Jewish one. So they, they absolutely hated all of that, which, uh, which, which caused some strife in Israel for the time. Now, there was actually an Essene prophecy for Herod the Great. And th this is a fascinating story, uh, but we are going to talk about that in the members only section. So uh, that leads us up to the time of Herod, and we are uh, getting really close to uh, the time of the New Testament. And then in the following episodes, we're going to talk more about the Dead Sea Scroll calendar and the prophetic impl implications that it has for us today. Um, but that's some more of the backstory that leads us up to Herod. And there is an Essene prophecy uh, for Herod the Great that is absolutely fascinating that we have to talk about. But again, we're going to do that in the members only section. Uh, so head on over to, if you're not a member yet, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership. Uh, you can get a free trial right now for seven days. And after the seven days, if you like it, which I have no doubt that you will, uh, if you like what we have to offer, then you can get a membership for... Um, you know, month to month, uh, you can do it for $10 a month or $100 a year. By the way, if you already have decided you want to support this ministry, you don't have to do the seven-day trial. You can just sign up for a membership. Um, so you have that choice available to you. But it, it helps this ministry, and we got a lot of cool things coming, and we have um, lots of episodes. So you'll get the rest of this episode. You'll get this whole series, this whole five-part series on uh, the Essenes and prophecy and the Dead Sea Scrolls and all that stuff. You'll get this entire series uh, available to you at dailyrenegade.com. So make sure you head on over there, get a membership if you don't have one already. If you do have a membership, members, hang on the line. Uh, everybody else, thank you so much for joining us. 
love you all. Till next time, take care and God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.